0: This morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 to 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour, and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, "'Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing?' "'Because no one has hired us,' they answered. He said to them, "'You also go and work in my vineyard.' When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, "'Call the workers and pay them their wages.' beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who is hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last.
1: Great. Thank you, Zoe, very much indeed. This is a great story, isn't it? And uh, familiar, I'm sure, to many of you. The owner of the vineyard went to find some workers for the day and hired some for an agreed wage of one denarius for the day. And that was standard for a day's work. So there were no great surprises, really. It would have been perfectly natural and normal. And as Jesus started to tell this story, those who were listening to him would have identified with what he was saying. It was to do with their lives and things that were going on uh, day to day. About three hours later, and we presume, by the way, that the first workers were gathered at about 6 o'clock in the morning, so we're now talking about 9 o'clock in the morning. The owner of the vineyard found some others who were standing in the marketplace. They hadn't got any work, so he invited them to work as well and said he would pay whatever is right. Then six hours into the day, in the heat of the day, midday, and then again nine hours into the day, three o'clock in the afternoon, even eleven hours into the day, five o'clock in the afternoon, he invited those who'd been waiting all day to work. That was the point where the story gets a little bit unusual, because I'm sure in the culture of the day, it would be less likely that... uh, Someone like in this situation would keep going back to the marketplace well into the afternoon and uh, pulling in other people just for a short time. But uh, this is the story as Jesus told it. Whenever I read this story, as well as thinking about Kairos this morning, I'm reminded also of the Paddyfield Project, which is such an important part of Mercy Mission. Many of you are familiar with this, the Mercy Mission, of course. Uh, the work that is led by Charlie Tom in Visianagram in Andhra Pradesh in India and part of that work uh, in more recent times has been that we have sought to raise funds in order to buy paddy fields so that the mission can be self-sufficient in those times where it may be that the kind of uh, financial input from uh, the UK and other parts of the world might not be available and uh, these Fields are growing rice now and a very substantial amount of rice is being produced for the mission. Uh, we'll update you more on that in, the, in weeks to come as more news unfolds. But this was the earlier stage of the project where there was just four acres of land. There's now six and a half acres. There's more uh, ready to be purchased. So it's gro- the project is growing all the time. But harvest time, a lot of people gather Sometimes it's the ladies from the local village that gather to cut the corn down. And then here, I think these are some of the students from the Bible college that have come across to the paddy field to help with the gathering in of the harvest. People coming together for that task and uh, working hard in hot conditions. But let's go back to the story as Jesus told it. We get to the end of the day and to pay time. And there were a few people who'd worked only one hour, others who had worked 12 hours. You know this story, you know how it unfolds. And the surprise element of the story, of course, was that everyone got the same pay. It was an extraordinary end to this day. Some were elated, others were furious. But to those who'd been working all day, the owner simply said that they had received what they had agreed to receive at the start of the day. It was the generosity to the later workers which created the problem. Those maybe who seemed unemployable, unworthy, those who had been sitting around all day, now found themselves receiving the same benefits as those who had worked all day. And the key words in this story come right towards the end, where the owner says, Are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I am generous? I wonder, why did Jesus tell this story? What was he wanting to say when he told this story? It is a story about the generosity of God. Jesus wanted to say something very powerful about the grace and the generosity of God. It's a story about God's kingdom and how God treats us today. Primarily, this is a story about grace. This is a story that says that love, the love of God, cannot be portioned out into little bits, nicely adjusted according to the merits of the people who are receiving it. No, God loves us all the same. And his mercy and his grace extends to all of us the same. You see, there is a coin which is worth exactly one twelfth of the denarius, the wage that was agreed for a day's work. And that little coin could have been used as a payment for those who worked just one hour. Or two of those little coins for those who'd worked two hours and so on. But that's not how the owner of the vineyard treated those who he called to work. And Jesus told this story because he was saying that's not how God treats us. He doesn't give us a little bit of of his love because perhaps we've known him for a little time or we've shown a little bit of interest in his kingdom. That's not the way God works. He gives us generously. God's love is both overwhelming And it is undeserved. See how much the Father's love has been lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. He loves us without deserving and he loves us without fail. There's an overwhelming generosity in the way in which God deals with us. That while we were still helpless, while there was nothing that we could do, to earn or benefit from the love that God the Father wants to show us, while we were in that helpless or powerless place, Christ died for us. That's what the scripture says in Romans 5 and verse 8. And yes, we clearly have our part to play. We are called to repent, to turn away from what we know that is wrong. We are called to believe and to trust in a Father who loves us, and in Jesus, the Son of God, who died for us, who saves us. We are called to follow Christ completely and wholeheartedly. But this is only possible because of what he has first done for us and the overwhelming generosity in his love and grace. And that is the primary meaning of this story. This is a message of great hope for people all the way across the world Whatever their circumstances, this is overwhelmingly a message about God's generosity. Catching people by surprise. Those who expected only a tiny bit of God's love. Actually receiving the fullness of God's love. So how does God show his generosity today? What does this mean? in each of our lives and in the lives of those around us. If we're talking about a God who is generous, what does that really mean day by day? Well, I suggest there there are a number of ways in which God is showing his generosity. Maybe first of all, we see his generosity through the wonder and the beauty of the world that he has made. We just touched on that a little bit earlier on, didn't we? It is the most amazing world indeed. And I'm sure that as the children come into Wonder Zone this week, uh, whatever else goes on in Holiday Club, they will capture a little bit of that sense of wonder at the world that God has made. And because it is such a wonderful and a beautiful world that God has created for us, we need to open our eyes and actually see the beauty of his creation around us. And we need to care for that world. That God has made. We can't ignore it. We can't abuse it. And clearly there are many ways in which what we do and how we live. Is not caring for the world that God has made. And we're being challenged very much. About creation care at the moment. And how we look after the planet. Because this is a wonderful world. In which God has shown his generosity. And we can see it. And we need to appreciate it and be careful about it. So God's shown his generosity through the wonder and the beauty of the world he's made, through the full extent of his love. We need to grasp something more about the quality and the character of God's love. There's a very familiar passage later in the New Testament that talks about love. And these words will be familiar to many of you, I'm sure. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes and always perseveres. And often when we read those words, we're thinking about our love for one another. But actually underlying that is God's love for us. And we can only begin to journey into that kind of love because behind it, there is a God who has shown his overwhelming, immense, amazing love, that he himself is patient, that he himself is kind, that he does not envy and does not boast and is not proud and does not dishonor others, that he is not self-seeking, easily angered, that he keeps no record of wrongs, that God himself does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, that he always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. This is the character of God. This is the full extent of his love. And we need to appreciate the generosity of God in the full extent of his love, but also the universal scope of that love, that everyone is included. And I think this is especially what Jesus wanted to say in this story. Because when he was talking about those who were hanging around in the marketplace at 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, no one has hired us, we've got nothing to do. They were the kind of people who were a little bit on the edge of society, who were not the obvious choice for hard work, who were the people who tended to get left behind. And they were the very ones that the, laborers of the, that the owner of the vineyard brought in to work in the latter part of the day. And they were the very ones who received that full day's wage. And that I'm sure was Jesus' way of speaking to his listeners and saying that the love of God the Father is not just for one group of people, but actually it is for everyone. It is especially for those who feel very much on the edge of society. And so God shows his generosity today through the full extent of his love and the universal scope of his love, that everyone is included. And of course, more particularly, he's shown the generosity of his heart in the gift of Jesus. And We need to understand that the cross and the resurrection were the supreme gifts of God. That in the incarnation that we remember at Christmas, where God himself took human form, that in itself was an expression of his love. Which took deeper and deeper expressions as Jesus grew up and as he exercised his public ministry. And that when Jesus died on the cross, it was the heart of God that was reaching out in love to the brokenness of the world and the sinfulness that you and I have contributed to. And it was there that the love of God conquered all that was wrong in the sacrifice that Jesus so willingly gave. And then in the resurrection, the power of God triumphed over sin and darkness and death and brought about new life. And in those moments that we will come to celebrate uh, in a moment in communion and then in a few weeks' time more fully as we come into the Easter season, the gift of Jesus is right at the heart of God's generosity. But it doesn't stop there. And so the generosity of God extends to all people. And the blessings that he gives to us. We sung earlier that song, 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. But I wonder whether sometimes you are so overwhelmed and I am so overwhelmed with the more difficult elements of life that actually we struggle to find even 10 reasons To be thankful to God. Let alone 10,000 reasons. But actually God is generous in the way that he treats us. He does not treat us according to our deserving. Out of his heart is flowing an overwhelming, generous, unfailing love. And emerging out of those blessings... That he gives to his people. We see more and more evidence of the Holy Spirit. Through the amazing gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God's generosity is shown in increasing measure today. And that means that you can become more than you already are. And whatever kind of person that you are at this moment in time. You can become something more. Because God, in his generosity, is pouring out his Spirit and wants you to receive, accept, and experience the fullness of that Spirit. So today you may be among the workers who were called to the vineyard at 6 o'clock in the morning. You may feel today that you're one of those who has spent years of your life trusting and serving God. A bit like those who were called in the early hours of the morning. And you've given a lifetime to serving the Lord. That is absolutely fantastic. But you may be among the workers called to the vineyard at 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And you've barely got your hands dirty and the day has ended. You're also new to this. You're just beginning to wonder what spiritual life is all about what the character of God is all about and you're on a journey of discovery and suddenly you're finding that God's love to you is just as full and rich and deep as to anyone else and if you're among those who've been serving the Lord through the generations and perhaps now feel that God is a bit more interested in someone else than he is in you that is not true His love is equal to all and unfailing to all. It's exactly the same as far as God is concerned, that he would want the very best for you, whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever your circumstances. Because ultimately, this is a story about the generosity of God. And instead of looking over your shoulder and thinking that God has blessed someone else more than he has blessed you, let's just take a moment now to reflect on how gracious and generous our God is today. Let's take a moment to be thankful. Let's come to this table with an overwhelming sense of gratitude. It's nothing that we've done that deserves the favor of God. It is his generosity, his love,
0: reaching out
1: now.